Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. To make sure you know why your product is different. What are you saving me in terms of money? So before we even talk about price, before we even get into that negotiation, if you can show people that you're about to save them money, you're about to make them look really, really good, you've already got their attention. Welcome to episode 194 of Your Career Podcast. Welcome back to Your Career Podcast. As I record this, I'm very happy because restrictions due to COVID-19 are gradually being lifted. And in Sydney, we can actually have 10 people gather outside. And so I can get together with my family and friends again. And there's a sense of normality, not quite, but a little bit of a sense of normality. And I hope that you are all doing well and staying safe and well. Now, because so many jobs have been affected due to the coronavirus, if you need support in your career or you're looking for a new job, go to thecareersacademy.online because I've got so many free resources for you, plus lots of new webinars and coaching options that will be very helpful for you. So why don't you go and have a look and get a bit of support if you need it. Now, in this lively podcast episode, I have a fascinating discussion with the wonderful Mia Van Tuberg, who is a DISC accredited sales optimization leader, sales coach, and business growth strategist with a healthy business builder group, Proprietary Limited. She is also host of Grow the Business on Alive 90.5 FM. With over 20 years of B2B and B2C sales, Mia loves training staff to become great and passionate salespeople. Now, she explains that once she covers the basics for her clients, she guides them to build a team that is highly motivated, highly passionate, geared for success, highly productive and profitable, and and is a high-performing team. When every member buys into the right culture, they take on big, hairy, audacious goals aggressively. Accepting the likelihood of achieving these goals is small, but knowing that miracles will happen in their pursuit of high performance. It is with this attitude that exceptional companies are born and outstanding individuals are created. Welcome, Mia, to the show. Hi, Mia. Hi, Jane. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to speaking with you because you are the sales guru. Thank you. <laughs> I attended one of your workshops recently and I was just blown away. I learned so much because yeah. I'm a reluctant salesperson. But because this podcast, Your Career Podcast, is all about career transitions and taking control of your career, I'd love to find out about your career journey. So how about to kick us off, you tell us about your early days when you were a little girl and what were your early <laughs> career aspirations? 
distance? Well, it's interesting because I think my family always thought I would be in sales. My high school teachers used to say I should become a politician and they were very much supporting the fact that my mouth would get me into trouble but would always get me out of trouble. But my sales career, I suppose you could say started when I was about six years old and I became a brownie back in South Africa. And, you know, you had those girl guide cookies, those brownie cookies we had to sell. And from the age of six to 15, I would actually outsell absolutely everybody within the country to the point that in our brownie group, nobody would even bother selling anymore. And it wasn't because <laughs> that I was good at selling them. It was just because I figured out pretty early on where to go to get rid of all of it and not have to go knocking door to door. So my poor mother, the fact that she's not an alcoholic is a testament to her strength because, <laughs> because people don't like seven, eight, nine-year-olds driving around. So she used to have to take me. So that was really when my journey started in the sales arena for a little bit. I actually studied forensic psychology, but that definitely wasn't for me. And landed flat back in the sales area, and that's where I am today. Wow. You know, it sounds like sales is in your DNA. If you can talk, and you can talk, Mia, if you can talk, <laughs> you can sell. And if you believe in your product, and you know, I was a brownie too many, many years ago. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but I was no good at selling anything. So. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting what you say, Jane, because I don't put it down to selling really well. What I put it down to when people were asking me was I would find out where there was a great collection of my market. So, for example, I would go with one of our domestic workers. There was, in South Africa, we had these taxi stops. So, I would go with her at about 5.30 in the morning with a whole box and there would be 100 people there, right? So, I would sell a really big box and it was just because it was the mass of people that were there. So, basically what I was doing is I was just playing my odds and that's what sales is, is play the odds. It's a numbers game. The more people you get in front of, the more likely you're going to get yes. But if you're only getting in front of one person and knocking on one door, got a higher chance of getting a no to you. Mm. From a very early age, you were already a smart cookie. Yeah. No, pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> so you've made quite a, a number of interesting transitions in your life as well. So obviously, you know, you're a resilient lady. You can talk well. You can reinvent yourself because originally you grew up in South Africa and then now you're in Sydney. And so tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, it was a decision. My husband was really high in his field back in South Africa and had gotten to a point where he couldn't actually go any further. So we made the decision to look at moving. So I left the second largest FMCG company in South Africa as a shareholder of the company and packed up and moved over here with him uh, with nothing other than myself, him and my son. And then it was that decision to say, do I go back into the corporate world? Do I stay and become a stay-at-home mum? And I didn't go back to the corporate world. I went back into a sort of a more of a medium-sized business. And as the transition happened within that business and personal things arose, I needed to make the decision to spend time with my family versus trading time for money. So I decided to take a sabbatical. And the minute I took the sabbatical and I sat very loosely, I started getting approached by people saying, can you just come in very short term and help us rebuild that sales strategy? So my sabbatical, I imagine, lasted maybe three months. And then before I knew it, I was starting to build a successful career based on over 20 years of experience. Mm. It wasn't something that was planned and it just goes to show because when I sit back now and I think about it now, it wasn't that I hadn't planned to do that. It was just that all the knowledge, the experience, all the relationships that I had built over the years all came together in one stream that's allowed me to build my business the way that I have. 
And so building your business here and focusing on sales, Mia, can you tell me a little bit about how you structured your business and what are the services that you decided to offer and how the business actually grew? Because it's really challenging running your own business. 100%. And somebody once said to me a few years ago, when you make the decision to start your own business, and and I suppose a lot of people don't make that decision. Sometimes we're forced into it when we go through career transition and we get stuck with this analysis by paralysis. But for me, I was in a unique position because I had a number of people approaching me and saying, hey, can you help me? So I remember just saying that someone said to me, you know, jump off the cliff and build a parachute while you're falling. And that's very much what started to happen because before I knew it, the business was starting to grow. The products and services were starting to evolve to the point now that I've had to come up with strategic partners in order to expand and extend the offering that I do have. So when I was first just going in and talking sales processes and sales procedures and looking at sales strategy and redefining what the strategy should look like, We've now transformed that into starting in the behavioral analysis. What do we need to do and say in order to get our clients to buy from us? And then from there, we've expanded and extended into doing workshops for the smaller company, the smaller business owner, because the reality is they can't afford to do a full strategy session with me at the rates that I charge. So we had to make a few changes to the model in terms of how can we help the masses. And that's how we've started to create what we have built. When I say we, myself and the strategic partners I've bought into, and that's how we've changed it to make sure that everybody can benefit. Just like you said, when you went to a one-hour workshop, what you got out of that is taking that and expanding it so that you get from me out of a six-hour workshop what you would have gotten from me if you were sitting in an actual strategy session. Mm. You know what I find really interesting is with sales, so many people are really reluctant because they just don't know where to begin. And so what do you recommend for someone who might be a small business owner or even if it's big businesses because you're the sales expert here? Why do you think people are reluctant to sell? And then how do you get over it? Jane, has your daughter had your grandchild yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So I want you to go back and I want you to think about when your kids were little and other than mom and dad, what were the first words that came out of their mouth? It was probably no. Mm. Because what are we always saying to our kids? No, don't do that. Put down that axe. Where did you get the kitchen knife from? We're constantly saying no. And the reality is we don't like people saying no to us. So when I have the conversation with salespeople and we get to the reluctance and it's, I call it the five whys, it'll take me asking you five times just the simple why and I will get to the reason why you're reluctant to do sales. And the biggest reason is that you don't like people saying no to you because it's soul destroying and you feel like you're no good and you've built this big machine and now you're going out and you want people to know about it and you know you're great. You know you're fantastic. And then the person on the other side goes, yeah, not for me, thanks. And it does destroy you and it does crush you. So what happens is people then start to shy away from it. So one of the big things we do is we actually look at what was that initial approach like? What was the messaging? What are you trying to get across? And more importantly, was it even the right customer? And then building that resilience to go, of course, you're going to get no's. Why do you think as a little brownie at the age of seven, I would be going down to the taxi rank where there was 100 people? Because I knew that there was a whole bunch that were going to say no, but I only needed 20 to say yes. 
Mm, okay, now that puts a whole new spin on it as well. <laughs> you know what was interesting was when I was in recruitment, Mia, I, of course, part of recruitment, a huge part of recruitment is sales. And we had to make cold call after cold call after cold call. And of course, there's so much of, you know, we don't need you know, any recruitment at the moment. We're not looking to place anybody. We don't want to talk to you. We have too many recruiters calling us, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And you have to keep plowing through and plowing through. I found it naturally very exhausting because I don't like cold calls. So how can you turn a cold call into more of a warm call? Well, there's a few strategies I put in place, and that is understanding who your client is first. And surprisingly enough, a lot of people will say to me, I know exactly who my client is. But when we start going through the process, they've actually got the wrong client. And that's one of the reasons they're getting a lot of no's. So when you've really determined who you need to be talking to and the person you need to be talking to, so a number of times you've got clients who are phoning the right customer, but they're actually speaking to the wrong person. So for example, in the manufacturing industry, they're getting through to the buyer. Because the buyer at the end of the day supplies you with the purchase requisition and that's where the money comes from, right? And the order comes from. But the reality is it's the store's person who actually makes the decision to buy. So it's just determining who the right buyer is and who you should be speaking to first. So once you've got that, it's then the messaging, what are you saying? And the interesting thing is, is always in the conversation. So even if you say to me, Mia, actually, no, thanks, I'm not interested. I always follow up with saying, great, Jane, thanks so much. Would you mind if I quickly sent you an email with some details in the event that you might need my services, right? So slowly what we're doing is we're looking at warming up those leads. And then make sure you have a follow-up process in place. For a recruiter, I have been working with a recruiter. For her, what she's been doing is her follow-up process is providing additional information to the organisation when she drops in. She provides either a magnet or a workplace and health and safety big poster that goes in, not selling her services, giving them information that they can work with and understand, but she's secretly branding it. When I say secretly, you don't notice that it's branded. Until one day she walked in, And the receptionist said, oh, so-and-so wants to talk to you because we need to get somebody and he remembered your name. Mm. So it's warming up the lead. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very smart way to do it because if your brand or your website is on the materials that you leave with your potential customers and it just happens to be lying around or it's on their shelf and then suddenly there's a need, that's when they're going to want you, yes? Correct. And and I remember a few years ago, I used to go see clients and I used to give them little magnets with little social media tips. And let's be clear, I'm not the social media person. Don't ask me for anything to do with social media. (laughs) But I had a lot of information with regards to tips. And the one day I walked in and she said to me, come into our staff kitchen, walked into the kitchen and I had branded their entire fridge. Everywhere you looked was just my name. And she said, right, sit down, let's talk. She hadn't realized what I was doing. And that was over maybe an 18 month period that that happened. But perseverance. Well done, Mia. <laughs> I think that's the thing. When it comes to sales, you really need to have uh, the staying power and the perseverance and the determination. And resilience is a key quality, Correct. isn't it? Correct. And you have to understand and accept that it's a numbers game. Not everyone's going to say yes. And as soon as you accept and acknowledge that not everybody's going to say yes, you're going to become a lot more resilient when you get those no's. And you're going to be better equipped to handle the no's too. Because somebody might be saying no today because they're just having a really bad day. But what will that conversation look like in three months' time? In fact, I remember picking up a really large contract back in South Africa because I just so happened to phone on the day that their preferred supplier hadn't delivered the stock. And I said, give me two hours. I will have a truck there. And boom, client was mine. Amazing. Up until that point, there was nothing. (laughs) 
I think being able to deliver. <laughs> just like yes, correct. Too, correct. Because you can promise the world, but if you don't deliver, then that's the end. Of the well, in this instance, I was quite lucky because this was a massive contract. It was about a 7 million rand, which is what, 70,000? Well, anyway, it's a big contract in South Africa at the time. So let me tell you, people bent over backwards to get that delivery. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about sales, Mia, the passion comes through so powerfully. What is it that drives your passion in sales? My passion really comes from the fact that you said it earlier that there seems to be something natural within my DNA. And it's not that there's a natural inclination towards sale. It's just that I've made the mistakes and I know how to overcome them now. And I know what that process looks like. And it's a repeatable process. And once we create those steps for you, it is so easy for anybody to sell. So for me, that passion comes from creating that repeatable step and that repeatable process. And for someone picking up the phone and saying, you know what, I'm getting sales now. I actually understand it. I'm no longer stressed. Christmas time is coming and I actually have money in the bank. Or I'm starting to see growth in a certain market, whatever the case is. And then I go, Yes. All those early mornings when I was a kid is finally paying. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, what would you say for a sales professional? Because, you know, salespeople are always feeling a little bit anxious at different times, especially mm. when they're pitching for work and everyone else is submitting proposals. Theirs is one of many. Uh, what would your top three tips come of truly effective sales professional? Get to the point really, really quickly. If you are up creating tenders against 10 other people, you need to make sure in bullet points right at the beginning you're getting attention. Because if I'm reading 20 different proposals, it comes to a point where you're just glancing over it, right? So if you've got your bullet points right in the front, you're already ahead of the curve. The second thing is to make sure you know why your product is different. What are you saving me in terms of money? So before we even talk about price, before we even get into that negotiation, if you can show people that you're about to save them money, you're about to make them look really, really good, you've already got their attention. And then the third thing that I recommend, and notice that price is nowhere in any of these, the third thing I recommend is if you understand what they need and you put together the proposal in such a way that it shows them exactly how it's going to benefit their business, you're already at the top of the pile. And by the time price comes into it, there is this assumption already that you're going to be more expensive than everybody else because you are offering a lot more. And then when they do see the price, they go, oh, that's actually not too bad. Let's have that conversation. Mm. When it comes to price, if you have price up front, it makes you a commodity. Correct. Whereas really it's the value that you're bringing. And if you're solving their problems and whatever their problems may be, they know that you get the big and you're going to make everything work well, then I reckon that that's when you become the one, the chosen one. 100%. And if you can put in a few lines that show how you save money. So, for example, we were trying to tender for, what to say, four or five years for a massive contract in South Australia to take on a national deal. And we just couldn't get it across the line. And we went back to a company in Germany and said, give us some results to say how much money we're saving the company. And they gave us all that information. And we actually put it in the tender before the price even came. And we went, bag life is longer by X amount, which saves you X amount. The extraction rate saves you X amount. So at the end of the day, by putting in this product, you're going to save time and labor, et cetera, et cetera. That could be equal up to. And that was it. That was all it took was just to say how much money I'm going to save you. And then when they got to the price, it wasn't even a case of, geez, you are on average 25% more expensive than everybody else. It was, holy dooly, you are saving me millions just by putting in one product. Can't argue with the numbers. Yeah, it really is. How much is this 
offering worth to you. And Correct. the value is so much more than the actual price of spending time with that particular product or service or whatever it might be. Correct, because we all have the same amount of time. So if your product is going to save somebody time and you can get that across to them, so not only it's going to save them time, it's going to make them look good, you're already ahead of the eight ball. And a lot of people actually don't address those issues in a sales proposal because people think of it as the fancy, you know, the airy fairy <laughs> information that they don't want. But when you put it next to numbers, it's no longer airy fairy. Now it's something you can take to the bank. People just want results, don't they? Right. It's, I mean, whatever their need is, whatever's keeping them up at night, whatever the pain they're experiencing, they want that fixed. And if you come up with something that's fantastic and they can see right away, oh, I'm not going to be in pain anymore, then of course you're going to be their saviour. Yeah. Correct. 100%. I think everybody needs Mia Van Tuberk. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> think so too. <laughs> a little bit of Mia could go a long way. Yes. I think that's fantastic. Now, you've also formed some strategic partnerships with businesses as well because there's the Healthy Business Builder. Tell us a little bit about that. So the Healthy Business Builder was created many years ago by a gentleman by the name of Garrett Norris. And it was created to help more to medium-sized business and also those larger business where the parents who had built it up and started up were handing it over to the family, to the siblings, not the siblings, the, the kids. And it was then going in and helping them to sustain and then grow and take it to the next level. And it was put in at a much more affordable price than if you went on a bigger, you know, we've got another partnership with the Kona Group. That's more of the corporate level and it's a lot more expensive. So it's just providing the smallest, medium-sized business an opportunity to get the same sales strategy, to get the same Mm -hmm. business coaching, HR management and strategy into their business, but not having to break the bank to get it. Because the reality is if you can help them at those early stages, as they start to grow, they're going to need your services more and more, at which point they're willing to pay more and more for those services anyway, because they see the value of investing. Amazing. What a great partnership that is. Now, you are a sales optimization specialist. Okay, that's quite a mouthful. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I like it. I like it very much. If people wanted to get in touch with you, Mia, to find out more, where can they find you? So they can get me on my website, www.miavantuberg.com. And I'll spell that for you because it's not the easiest surname in the world. (laughs) So it's Mia, M-I-A, and then Vantuberg, which is V for Victor, A-N, T for Tango, U, double B for Bravo, E-R-G-H.com. I'll put it in the show notes on janejacksoncoach.com forward slash podcast so people can just go there and click and get through to Mia. And also, if you want to follow Mia on Twitter, her Twitter handle is Mia underscore V for Victor, T for Tango, B for Bravo. You've done this before, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sometimes I forget. I could have easily said um, V for, ooh, Uh, (laughs) t t for tomato and b for (laughs) wordsonberry i'm not that good at that that sort of thing i I only know my surname (laughs) but i did take some flying lessons many many years ago and that's when i had to learn that alpha bravo charlie thing and of course it never really sticks in my brain but thank you so much mia for your time today don't worry anytime valuable learning about your career journey and how you became the sales optimization specialist and sales guru so much easier to say so thank you so much for your time and everybody hop on to mia 
www.jennifervanhaberg.com because that's where you're going to get all the information about how to excel in sales. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jane. And if I can just end off by saying that making a career transition, and you're the expert at this, is not the end of the world. It might not be what you think it was going to be. It might not be the sabbatical that you thought you were going to go on. But when you commit to the journey, it's just absolutely fabulous. Mm -hmm. And you've made some amazing changes. And also the resilience you've developed through country moves and career changes, it really puts you in good stead as a sales professional. Correct. I can take no. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks so much, Mia. Thanks, Jane. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And we will see you next time. Bye now. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.